everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And Matt may be joining us later, but for now, we can just assume he's dead somewhere in the state of Wyoming because it feels like everybody else died there as well. Oh, man. Not a game I was sad to miss. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, just to start out here. Um, yeah, looked like looked like tech did not go and also died. Yeah, that's very much true. The Bulldogs have never beaten the Wyoming Cowboys, and that trend continued. How many times have we played them? Five nothing. Wow. And so Wyoming now leads the series five games to none. That's crazy. I can't believe we've played them that many times. Yeah, I have no idea why. And I definitely don't know why seeing the torment they put down on us Saturday night, late Saturday, a 92 to 65 game. That's not even as close as that final score makes it sound. Evan, you were at another event. I had the game on and very quickly just started working on the GoTech uh, Twitter coding stuff rather than actually pay that much attention to the game because it was bad. Yeah, um, didn't watch a second of this. Didn't feel like I needed to once I got home. The wife and I had bought tickets to um, see the Memphis Hustle play here in Frisco. We were hoping that that Junior Lofton would be there, but he was not because he got called back up to the Grizzlies. Which I guess is good news, but um, so still. we were right behind the visitors' bench for a, a fun, you know, little date night basketball game that we didn't care about that much, but it was still fun. So you know, more fun than watching this game, I guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this one out of the way real quick. Do the shortest quick game recap I think I've ever drawn up. It was a long night for the Bulldogs at the Dome of Doom as the Cowboys jumped out to a twenty-five to thirteen lead. And then immediately followed that up with a 14 to two run at the half. Wyoming was on top by 20, 44 to 24. The second half didn't get any better with Wyoming eventually building a 31 point lead with two minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the game. And the why God Wyoming game is finally over with a final score of 92 to 65. Yikes. Um, For multiple reasons, but uh yeah just yeah i mean just looking at the box score here just it's just brutal i mean yeah looks like wyoming couldn't really miss uh i mean wyoming shot 714 from uh or you know 71 percent from two 40 percent from three but dear god they took 35 three-pointers like what yeah. the hell man yeah 35 three-pointers attempted by wyoming that ties with the second most ever taken against tech uh, the only other time it was done was the same day as the Waco massacre or Waco siege back on February 28th, 1993. Wow. Some team was like, hell yeah, we can shoot three pointers now. That's all we're going to do. Yeah. Can't blame them for trying. I I think it was like Troy or something. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Yeah. I mean, looking at some of the other stats here, Wyoming 20 of 23 from the free throw line. Tech was only seven for 12. So Looks like we just weren't able to get anything going at all. Again, didn't watch this game um, myself, but we got out-rebounded. We got (laughs) out-assisted. We had 11 turnovers to their five. I mean, you're just not going to... 11 isn't even bad for us, but, like, man, if if the team you're playing against is going to shoot that hot, like, there's not much you can do. Yeah. They had five players in double figures. We only had two. Yeah, looks like... I, I mean, these stats here from the starters especially are pretty disappointing you know you've got kobe williams with 10 but then the other four guys combined for 12 points you know in a game where they're they're playing the two crawfords and willis they're playing you know 20 minutes each at least and they're they're only scoring 12 points that's 
that's not going to get it done on the road, especially against a, a decent team. Yeah, so I guess if the starters are bad, the bench must at least be better. 43 bench points on the night, 21 by David Green himself, uh, who may find his way back in the starting lineup. He'd been injured the previous couple of games. Yeah. So it was probably more easing him in, and it turns out he was the only thing working in yeah. the great state of Wyoming. David Green played 16 minutes and got 21 points. So, yeah, you know, go off, man. Like, four yeah. for five from three-pointer, I think – he almost he almost single handedly made half of our shots. <laughs> yeah. Literally, <laughs> fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, I want to steal this fun fact straight from Kane McGuire, uh, who wrote the recap post on the official website. But Tech's bench has now outscored the opponent's bench in all but one game this year, which is kind of interesting. I think. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. Like I hope our starters can not put up a dud of a performance like this very often and. You know, we still get that that performance from the bench. You know, and the last game I watched, I was really impressed by guys like Teron Williams and uh, Quandre Bullock, right? So, you know, I think this team's still looking for their identity, and they definitely did not find it out in Wyoming. I I, I hope our identity <laughs> is not getting blown out by thirty points to you know similarly ranked teams, because that would not be fun for the rest of the season. That, that would that would not be fun. Hopefully the Bulldogs are able to turn it around tonight as this comes out Wednesday, December 14th at 6 p.m. Central as the Bulldogs welcome Stephen F. Austin, future conference mate to the tack. Wait, SFA's not, yeah, not joining. Yeah, they're not joining. I got that rumor confused in my head. Yeah. yeah, you know what? But they may be joining eventually. We're going to run out of teams as other teams get poached for bigger conferences and we stay in Conference USA for decades. Eventually, yeah. I'm sure they'll make their way up. Of course. Yeah. Uh, either way, though, it's the red out in the tack. Just don't wear purple. And this game will nationally be televised on ESPNU. That's one cool. of the rare games that gets yeah. both nationally televised and on an ESPN network. A lot of times it's on like CBS Sports, which is still great, but not I feel like doesn't have the same cloud as an ESPNU. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun to uh, to put on tomorrow night. All time tech is a, a perfectly balanced seven and seven against the Lumberjacks. Um, and SFA has been pretty good recently i think um you know they they made some runs into the tournament a few times in the 2010s uh, a couple of times their teams were like 31 and 2 and stuff like that so pretty good teams out out there in nakadoches but tech's last matchup with them was in december of 2019 and tech won in overtime 96 to 93 i think we snapped some kind of crazy long winning streak for them at home as well in that game so they'll be looking to do that to us um, what can you tell me about their team this year, Nathan? Yeah, well, this year, SFA is ranked to 179th. So another one of these middle of the 100s, late 100s teams that we'll have to face. I, again, Wyoming was 131. So yeah, a little bit worse than Wyoming seems to be so far this year. But they come into this game with a 5-4 and four record. Their best win was over number 163 UNC Greensboro, a team Tech faced uh, 4 years ago maybe uh in that little mini tournament in delaware oh yeah and, the, the media the, yeah we were officially media or you were, yeah was, that's yeah that's the only reason i remember that game because i was there and a credentialed <laughs> media member still have my nameplate from that yeah it was a dominating 75 58 win over the spartans for sfa uh the worst loss though so far for the lumberjacks came against number 268 northwestern state at home at the nacogdoches that's actually pronounced like it looks losing 102 to 98 in four in two halves with no overtime. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nearly 200 points scored. We've done this for a while now. We looked at the best win and worst loss. Just get a kind of character 
surprise these teams that we're about to face, I guess. But I mean, we just talked about Wyoming losing some pretty bad games and then they came out and completely dominated us. So uh, that's not yeah. really saying much that they they lost Northwestern. Yeah. And I mean, I guess to piggyback off that Wyoming game, the bad news about SFA is that they're another good team at shooting three pointers. Uh, they averaged 39 percent from three, which if you recall, uh, Wyoming just shot 40 percent in their game against us. That's 28th best in college basketball um, for SFA right now. The good news, though, is that they don't really shoot the three ball a lot. So they have the 11th lowest three point shot selection in Division One hoops. But when they take them, they'll hit them. So uh, maybe they're watching that tape of of Tech's most recent game and saying, hmm, might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Also kind of tells me they wait to get an open shot. They won't just throw up a three as yeah. a prayer. Yeah. That it's actually kind of schemed mm-hmm. to be three point shots when they need them. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but. The also good news is that they're not great at shooting two pointers. They may select them more often, but they also turn the ball over a lot. So, you know, that's something that tech has been has been pretty decent at is forcing turnovers. Yeah, we're still we're 36th defensively in turnover percentage. So we'll be able to take advantage of SFA in that area as well. Um, Anything else offensively? Yeah, we can't bail them out. Is really the biggest thing. So far this year, the Lumberjacks have gotten 23% of their points from free throws, the 16th most Ooh. in college basketball. So they get to the line, they make their shots, and we'll need to make sure that we don't send them with extra trips to the line and allow them to win this game without really having to try is, is really the thing I, I'm, I'm taking away from this is that we can't play sloppily. Maybe we need to make sure that we have a ref in the building that's not going to call the ticky-tack calls. But if that happens, we need to be careful about it because they can take advantage of that and they are built to and scheme around getting to the line as much as possible. Yeah. How about on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, the defensive side is really where they struggle at forcing bad shots and crashing the defensive boards, two things that are very important for a defense. Uh, But notably, the Lumberjacks have the worst three-point defense in college basketball. Wow. Yeah, just going to let the that worst? one sit sit for a second. The worst. They are allowing a three point percentage on the season of forty three point one percent. Wow. The national average is thirty three percent. SFA is the number one team in terms of non steal turnover percentage. So they they force turnovers that aren't steals. Number one, they're the number three team in overall turnovers, twenty seven point six percent. Now, or is that a yeah? That's a percentage. So is that yeah. So 28% of their opponents' possessions end with a turnover. Oh, that is that is insane. How is that not number one, first of all? But that's number three. <laughs> and then their steal percentage is 41st. So like, but they apparently, if you can get past them, you're going to make your damn yeah. shot. Just put up a shot and you'll yeah. make it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is insane how bad they are at, at, at like their defensive shooting statistics are awful. But then, my God, if... If you try to put the ball on the floor, like they they'll stop you. You know, it's that's crazy. Only Iowa State and UNLV are better at forcing turnovers. That is, I mean, just looking at that number three turnover percentage, but last three sixty three in three point percentage. You know, yeah. three thirty eight in defensive effective field goal percentage. I mean, so teams are making their shots. It's just sometimes they, you know, they don't. They don't get to take a shot because 28% of possessions are taking the ball away. That that's crazy. That's really scary too. If, if you're tech and you, uh, you're 305th um, offensively in turnovers. So 
Oof. Yeah, I, I do want to provide some good news to end this little section on. Okay. And it's that the Lumberjacks are the 11th worst team in basketball at fouling shooters and allowing the extra free throws. So nice. they want to go to the line and they end up accidentally sending the other team to the line pretty often as well. And this year for the Bulldogs, surprisingly, uh, is a pretty good free throw shooting team. They're hitting about 75% of their free throw shots. That's 70th in the country, which is not, I mean, amazing, but there's 300 some odd teams in college basketball. You really can't yeah. complain about being 70th. We've complained in the past about free throw percentage. Last year was pretty good, but this year they've improved a little bit upon that too. So hopefully Tech goes to the line a lot and ends up sinking those crucial free throws. And yeah, this may just turn into a free throw contest at the end of the game. Yeah. And and speaking of free throws, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my player to watch here. And his name is... <laughs> uh, his name is Nana Antwi Boasiako. Um, and the reason I picked him is he, he plays the five. He's a six foot nine, 225 junior, uh, plays about 75% of the minutes there at center for them. Um, and he doesn't really get the ball a whole lot. It's not like junior, right? I mean, he's, he takes about 10% of their shots and he only touches the ball in about 17% of the possessions, um, of SFA's possession. So he's not like the key to their offense or anything like that, but when he does attempt a shot, he is really, really good at getting to the line. So that tells me they like to get him the ball in those like danger areas where teams just have to foul him to, to keep him from scoring. He's actually number one, the number one player in the nation in terms of his free throw rate. So what that means is that when he attempts a field goal, he is the most likely player in the entire country to go to the free throw line accompanying that field goal attempt. So also once he gets to the line, not bad, 82% shooter. So if it's going to be a free throw battle, like you said, Nathan, got to watch out for this guy. Got to make sure you box him out before he touches the ball, basically. Yeah. yeah I want to go with Nigel Hawkins, if only because it's an easier name to say. Yeah, Six foot four, enough. senior. Uh, one of the guys who gets the ball the most out of anyone on this team, uh, maybe, probably other than Nana, number 22 is the player that you mentioned. Number zero is the one that I am. Another guy that... Okay, he's ranked 199th in free throw rate, but that's still second best on the team. And 199th in the nation, still nothing bad when you're talking about 350-ish teams and all the players on those teams added up. This guy goes to the line a lot as well. Also, one of their better three-point shooters, that's something that they are good at and something that Tech has kind of fallen victim to at times. So if they try to hit more threes in this game, he may be the one that does it, either him or number two, Rody Ware. So... Uh, yeah, Nigel Hawkins is who I'm picking as a player to watch. Nice. Yeah. So let's go into our predictions from this game. Ken Palm gives Tech a 68% chance to win this game, 78 to 73 final score predicted. Massey gives Tech a 70% chance to win, 75 to 69. And ESPN BPI gives Tech a 68.2% chance to win this game. All pretty close, all somewhere around. Now that actually just come out and say 69, even though if you average them together, they say 69% chance to win. Uh, but... I mean, after the Wyoming game, it's hard to be super optimistic about coming away and and taking on what's usually a pretty good SFA team. But what do you think, Evan? So I think, you know, Tech obviously coming off their worst showing this year, definitely probably in the last couple of years that I can remember, honestly, like going out and getting blown out by that many by a team that's, you know, not like a not like a power team. Right. They're going to be coming home and got to bounce back, got to defend the tack. Right. We've won 31 non-conference home games in a row and SFA I think is good lately, but it doesn't seem like they're that good this year. So 
I think Tech's going to come out with the victory here. I'm looking at some stats from Kane McGuire in the in the preview post. We're seven and seven all time against SFA, but we've actually won five of the last six games against SFA, so that's cool. But also, I'm seeing here that the dogs when they've when they've lost and then returned home for the next game. And now this is a crazy stat, but when they lose on the road and then head home for the next game, they are 42 and one in the past decade. (laughs) So now we don't lose a lot of games at home. So like that, I guess that makes sense. But like that specific scenario (laughs) that Kane McGuire lays out here, or I'm pretty sure it's Kane McGuire. Yeah. Uh, is crazy. So I'm going to say tech wins and I think it's going to be a little bit of a bounce back game for the Bulldogs, maybe like 80 to 70. Yeah. I'm also expecting a bounce back game here. If only because of another thing that we, I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast and that's a stat called tempo. It's how many possessions exist in the game and games like we saw against North Texas uh, with that defensive struggle, you end up holding the ball long. I was going to, I was going to wait. I'm pretty sure I mentioned the tempo stat in one of the previews for North Texas last okay, year. Okay, that sound that probably sounds right. Because I think I remember being appalled. <laughs> yeah. By their tempo. Um and then I was appalled when I watched it unfold in person. Yeah, the the two games against North Texas, yeah. there were 58 total possessions. 58 total for for one team or for both teams? I think for one team. So 58 possessions per team. I mean, that's still that's still crazy. Yeah. Uh Tech last year averaged 68. This year is averaging 70.5. Okay. Uh, the 84th most or highest or whatever uh, in college basketball. So they want to be up-tempo. That's what this team does. It's kind of what even Conkle's teams did. It's definitely what Mike White's teams did. Tech has three losses on the year so far this year. Two of them, Texas Tech and Wyoming, were in the 60s in terms of tempo in terms of possessions per game. Wyoming had 63 possessions and Texas Tech had 67. Both those games, the opponent tried to slow down the game a little bit, even though Wyoming was more that they just kept not being able to miss was part of the reason why we lost that game. The only exception here is uh, ULL, which was a game that we had in the bag and then it fell apart down the stretch. But every other game this year has been in the 70s. Stephen F. Austin likes to keep an up-tempo team too, and I think that plays into Tech's specialty. And I think that because we'll have a bunch of extra possessions, we'll be able to do more with them. Yeah, there'll be a lot of foul shooting, but I mean, we're a pretty good foul shooting team this year. I think Tech ends up winning this game by like 12. I think we'll get into the 80s. I'll say 82 yeah. to 70. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. Just like it, it feels like we're going to score a little higher than we normally do. And, you know, maybe they'll score higher than we want them to, but I think it'll be a comfortable, comfortable game there at the end. Then it's not too quick of a turnaround before we start conference play this Saturday, December 17th at 7 p.m. Central Time at the Don Haskins Center in El Paso or on CUSA TV. Tech yeah. faces off against UTEP. I don't want to get I don't I don't want CUSA TV, man. This will be the last time. Well, I actually need to see what the baseball plan is, but Ugh. there are three games over the next month basketball wise for men's that are on CUSA TV. So if there is ever a month okay. to get it, it All would right. be this month so it's like what four bucks a game i guess yeah something like that and then some of the women's games will be on it too i'm sure but yeah so it it may be worth the cost i would not blame you for not yeah spending your money that way yeah baseball i think will still be on it this season unfortunately so yeah i'll I'll be getting it then (laughs) (sighs) begrudgingly um yeah so a a little interesting uh, the past you know as long as we've been in 
Conference USA, I don't remember starting conference play before that New Year's Eve weekend. Yeah. So a little interesting to start it before Christmas here. But yeah, UTEP, I think, uh, what do we do with them last year? I think we split. We split the two games. Yeah. Yeah. I think we like dominated them at home, but lost on the road. Nope. It was the opposite. Opposite. Uh, we, we won oh. the road game and lost the home game. Wow. All right. Well, how how is UTEP this year? Yeah. This year, they are number 205 in Ken Palm. And six and three on the year with all three losses coming on the road and all six games at home were wins. So, Hmm. yeah, not exactly the best environment to go into, um, especially with the 2014 Conference USA basketball tournament still burning in my head after that Uh. 18 hour bus ride from Russ. Anyway, uh, interestingly, (laughs) though, this year, their best win and worst loss came against the same opponent, New Mexico State. This one is a future conference USA mate, right? I'm not getting this one yes. confused with. Yes. Okay. Yeah. UTEP beat the number 113 Aggies at home, 67 to 64. But when the miners played 40 miles up the road to the Northwest, they lost 95 to 70. Pretty, pretty crushing right there. Uh, yeah. mean, meanwhile, the Bulldogs are 17 and 13 all time against UTEP. We talked about a moment ago, how tech won the road game and lost the home game. Yeah, last year was not a great year for Tech at home in conference play. Tech lost three home games against UAB North Texas, and UTEP was the surprise. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the way this team plays on offense, sort of like SFA, they they don't really take a lot of threes. They want to drive to the bucket, and they're pretty good at doing that. They they make about 54.5% of their two-pointers, and just like SFA as well, and you know, teams that like to drive the lane, they're going to get to the free throw line a lot, right? So adjusted for total shots, the miners shoot the sixth most free throws in D1. So what what was SFA? They were like, did we, I don't even 34th. know. 34th. I don't okay, think we, we said it, but we yeah. didn't say that stat, but, but high, you know, a lot of free throws going to be taken uh, this week in tech basketball, I guess. But good news is unlike tech and unlike SFA, they're not that good at taking advantage of those extra point opportunities. Uh, 61% from the line, which is the bottom 20 in college basketball. Um, they also struggle three-point shooting, turnovers, and rebounds. So, um, again, some things for Tech to take advantage of. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Nathan's notes nailed it there, so I'll let hey, him go hey, on to the defense. I'll accept that compliment. Yeah, on defense, they are a pretty middle-of-the-pack team in terms of shooting defense. They force a lot of turnovers. Actually, that's one of the few green areas on their Ken Palm chart. Uh, 22.8% of opponents' possessions end in a turnover. That's 39th best in college basketball. Non-steals are even better with an 8th best in college basketball ranking there. Uh, But they don't get very many rebounds. And so that tells me that ball control will be very important for Tech. Uh, That was a big thing in one of the games earlier this year. Was that again? I guess that was against Southern maybe that we had – we were worried about turnovers going in. We made a concerted effort to keep them at bay, and we were successful. So hopefully we're able to do the same thing against UTEP. And offensively, if we can just hold on to the ball and not carelessly toss it away, we should be pretty well set on the offensive side of the court. Yeah, that Southern game, we only had 11 turnovers. Um, and Southern, still to this day, number 16 in um, in forcing turnovers. So we had a really good game you know, against Southern and, and held onto the basketball and didn't let them take advantage of that, which they are, they are very good at UTEP's a little better, but similar. So hopefully, you know, tech can go out on the road and unlike this past week at, at well, I guess Wyoming, they didn't have that many turnovers, but it's going to have to be a conscious effort against a team like UTEP. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So who's a player to watch on this UTEP team? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because, like you said, they don't really take a lot of three-pointers, but I actually chose their their two, their shooting guard, Mario McKinney. Just looking at the possession numbers on Ken Palm and the percentage of shots that he takes, those are very high. 29% of all possessions he touches the ball on, and then 32% of their shots, uh, he's he's taken it. Uh, I guess when he's on the floor, he takes 32% of the shots. Those are top 100 stats in terms of players in college basketball. So, you know, he's number 42 in shot percentage. So he gets a heavy load. Like Kenneth Lofton Jr. was a very high uh, shot percentage player last year. So you can kind of imagine that their offense runs through this guy as well. Now, he's a six foot one uh, shooting guard. So not quite like Kenneth Lofton Jr., but you get my point. Chances are, if he's on the floor, they're looking to get him the ball to take the shot. Um, and when, when he shoots, I mean, it's, he's, his effective field goal percentage is 49%. So not super high. It's not nationally ranked or anything, but he's pretty effective as a shooter as well. You pick the two, I'll pick the one, if only to up bend you to, to <laughs> one up you. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, Shamar Givens is the point guard of this team. And the reason why I want to point him out in particular is if this is a close game, it comes down to those free throws, especially with a team that likes to shoot a lot of them this is a guy that if tech is trying to foul someone they'll give him the ball so that he'll be the one that's fouled he's hitting 75 percent of his free throws 24 for 32 his free throw rate which is just the measure of how often he ends up shooting a free throw is 26th best in college basketball so he will end up at the charity stripe a lot and hopefully we can avoid creating more opportunities for him because this game hopefully won't be too close but I mean, we're about to go into the predictions and it's looking like a nail biter. And so this guy may come out and and be a very important part of this UTEP game. Yeah. I mean, looking at those projections here. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's Ken Palm, 50 percent chance to win 71 to 70 tech victory predicted. Massey has us 54 percent with a 70 to 68 victory. Then ESPN puts us at 45 percent. So. The computers think this is going to be a very, very close game. Um, what about you, Nathan? What do you think? I honestly don't know. That, that's yeah. the thing. That's kind of how I is feel. That... That's, why I, that's <laughs> why I stole it and, and tossed it to you first. Because UTEP, again, their worst loss came to number 113 New Mexico State, a team that they also beat earlier in the season. The other two losses were to number 97 DePaul and number 5 Texas. It's Ooh. a little early to see exactly how this team will, will do. Of course, they had some close games and overtime games, Alcorn state and Cal state Bakersfield both went to OT and those are 200 something ranked teams, but they ended up winning those games. So maybe they're able to close out these close games. And if this is looking like it's going to be a close game, then I'm concerned. They have yet to lose a game that was decided by less than 10 points. So I am concerned is how I'll put it. And I think that if we beat SFA, I think we lose to UTEP. And if we lose to SFA, I think we beat UTEP, which is kind of cheating. But I think that, We'll just only win one of these two games because I think that we'll get overconfident heading into conference play if we're able to upend the Lumberjacks. And I think we will So because I predicted us to beat SFA. So I think we'll lose to UTEP by two. We miss some foul shots and they make them. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel the same way as you about like UTEP's schedule doesn't really give me a whole lot, right? I mean, we're sitting at 140 in Ken Palm, 143 in Ken Palm right now. Um, they haven't played anybody in our 
like in that sort of middle bracket other than New Mexico State. They lost on the road to New Mexico State, but they won at home. Like you said, they've won all their home games. They've lost all their away games. Uh, Tech, meanwhile, has lost, uh, has won all home games so far, but we've only had three or yeah, three true home games so far. And we are looks like two and three on the road, Uh, three and three on the road. If you count that neutral site game against UT Southern, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's a tough task. UTEP doesn't really impress me that much on paper, but it's tough to go on the road like we saw with Wyoming. I mean, Wyoming was a similar team to us and we got curb stomped by them. So I hope that we have that we'll, you know, come out with some fire this week after that loss. But, you know, games aren't played on paper. And I I think that winning on the road is tough, especially to open up conference play uh, to a team that hasn't lost at home. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you here. I think it'll be like a, like a five point loss for tech, Um, you know, hopefully able to come back after that Christmas break and, and really clamp down and get ready for conference play. Yeah. Uh, Not exactly the best news to hear or best predictions to hear, but I mean, yeah. And I guess on that note, uh, you don't have this in the notes, but um, we got some texts right on our, on our text line, if you will, I guess some people either follow us on Twitter or, or listen to the show, I guess, and don't know that our, you know, what our, deal is what our shtick is and just want to say like we love tech man like (laughs) why do you think we record a podcast every week about the team whether they're good or bad right like to to back up for a second the tweet that that we're talking about is uh tech had a couple sports cars on the field for recruiting purposes Ah. I, i don't i don't quite understand it but sure these these dang kids and uh you, Evan, I believe, quote tweeted it saying definitely the best product that's been on the field in a while. I know Matt is the one that originally I'll give, I'll came up Matt with the sentence. Yeah, that yeah. was Matt's joke. He said it in our chat. And then I was like, I'm tweeting that. So I did like our our shtick is that we take tech sports so seriously, but we also know that like it's silly to take tech sports that seriously, <laughs> you know, so like we we make we make fun of tech sports. We love it's like we're. I don't know how to explain it other than just like it's been our shtick since we've existed to just like make jokes about tech. So if that's not your thing, like, okay, (laughs) but don't ask us to change what we are because that's what we are. So I I guess anyway, we love tech and want them to be better and not die like that's it's it's in the name, right? It's not it's not a serious name. Anyway, I'm done talking about it. Let's talk about the texters now. Yeah, can't make us stop tweeting. Well, I guess you could if you buy Twitter and shut it down, but you can't keep yeah. us from providing a podcast talking about the lady texters right now, because even though they went one on one this past week, things uh, are looking up though. I mean, this Vanderbilt game to start off with should not have lost this game. They blew it hard. Yeah, it was a close game though. It wasn't a, a 28 to three kind of blow up, but it was, it was bad there at the end. Uh, teams went back and forth. Uh, there were nine lead changes and six ties throughout the course of this one. Uh, but really, it was Vanderbilt getting hot at th- hot from three at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, mm. Marnell Garode or Garo. Uh, Giroud? 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 Oh, it's Garo. I don't, I don't remember how she pronounced, yeah. pronounced it. G-A-R-R-A-U-D. Just My suddenly God. got hot from three. <laughs> Seven for 13? <laughs> what is that stat? Uh, they... 
<laughs> they took 28 threes in the game. She took 13 of them. Uh, she hit a three uh, with a hundred with one minute, 23 seconds left in the game to put them on top for a little bit. Tech got back out on top. And then she hit the three to send it to overtime. And then uh, Allen, who's first name I can't find right now for Vanderbilt, hit back to back threes to give them the lead with 28 seconds left in overtime. And Tech was not able to to overcome that. So this was a game that they just got hot from three at the right time or wrong time if you're Tech. And it sucks, but that's also kind of how basketball works. Yeah, I mean, Tech just, it, it was a squandered opportunities, honestly. I thought they played a really, really good game for about three and a half quarters and deserved to win the game. Um, and then just, like you said, I mean, sometimes other teams are going to get hot. Um, but, you know, when, you, when you're when you bringing the ball down tied with like 10 seconds left and you dribble it off your foot out of bounds, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Um, luckily they didn't go down and score at the other end to win in, in regulation though. So that's nice, but, um, yeah, good game from Roberson and Walker as, as per usual. Um, Gabby green, I thought played really well three for three from, uh, from beyond the arc, but I wanted to see more like she hit those three threes. I mean, if you're three for three, why not try the fourth one? Right. I, I don't know, <laughs> but, um, you know, 19 minutes for her in the loss, Nativi and Bates with, with 40 and 41 minutes so yeah i don't know um it was a frustrating loss because it it really felt like we had it and you know played a good game played a sound game but just could not uh could not get it done and i think you know coach store in the halftime interview said basically that they needed to be faster getting to the basketball they were being a little you know a little a little lazy on the boards a little lazy um you know getting to loose balls and stuff the stats end up being about the same. We got out rebounded by one. You know, we didn't foul as much. We turned the ball over one more time. So I, I guess those that one rebound and that one that one extra turnover uh, make the difference. But 75-70 loss in overtime here for the Texters. And ultimately not a crushing loss, but it's just like, man, we, we really should have had this one, you know, sort of had had the game, had the momentum and it would have felt nice to, to come out with this one, but um, yeah. luckily not the only game we have to talk about and what, what happened on, I believe it was Monday night, right? Nathan. Yes. Some frustration was let out after that, yeah. that loss to Vanderbilt for, for real. Yeah. Yeah. So in this game against South Alabama at home at the tack, the Texas scored 14 points in the second quarter, South Alabama scored 14 points in the f- entire first half at halftime. It was 36 to 14 lady texters that 14 points in the second quarter was the worst scoring quarter for tech in the game so yeah that's yeah. fair yeah uh, just a, a complete domination of of south alabama who's not particularly a good team this year no they're, uh, they're but, definitely not but, but it's still great to get one of those wins under your belt heading into conference play uh, because yeah. this week the lady texters are also facing off against utep oh okay so before we move before we move into that i just want to say uh there's this term on on the solid verbal college football uh, podcast uh, called a net crack game. Um, <laughs> and this is absolutely a net crack game for uh, oh, the texters. Yeah. Like you just like, you know, you, you just like lean back and just roll your neck and you get a really nice crack. Um, 46 points in the paint to eight. <laughs> I mean, my God, like just bullying them around. Um, Tech's worst shooting quarter that second quarter we hit 43% of our shots I mean 
you're not going to lose many games like that. We only made one three-pointer in this game. Like, that's how dominant <laughs> we were in the paint. We took nine three-pointers and made one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, every player for the tech that is on the textures roster and was active for this game played in the game. <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> this is like the longest box score I've ever seen. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 players with minutes. Um, only two players did not score points in the game. So good to see some of those, you know, sort of down bench players getting some minutes, getting some points. Roberson and Walker, not particularly. Oh, hold on. Hold on. They scored 13 points apiece, so not, you know, nothing great for them. Uh, Anwar Roberson had 15 rebounds in this game. <laughs> <laughs> How many did they have as a team? 29. Okay, so, all right. You know, but Tech out-rebounds them 44 to 29. Yeah, this was great. Good stuff from from Tech. Um, you know, really cleaned up their game after, after that um, showing against Vanderbilt where we kind of let it slip away. You know, really active on the boards, active in the paint. Really great stuff that you love to see heading into uh, conference play, which starts this week. Yes, against UTEP, a team that is about middle of the pack right now. The the Texas rank 145th and Massey, and UTEP is 152nd. This game is at home, though, at the TAC on Sunday, the 18th at 3 p or 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. Massey gives Tech a 63% chance to beat the Miners, 66 to 61 final score predicted. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we can do in conference play because, you know, we're picked second, um, had the had the runner up in the conference tournament last year. So let's get into the real season here and uh, and see what see what the textures are all about. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump to the tweet of the week. All right. And yeah, so for this week's tweet of the week, Evan, I'll let you handle it because you tried to see Junior Lofton this week, even though you were unsuccessful. But yeah, that ties into what this tweet is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as I mentioned before, uh, wife and I went to the G League game to try to see Junior Lofton, um, but he had been called up to the Grizzlies, which was frustrating because I waited until he got sent down to the hustle <laughs> to buy the tickets, um, and then he got called back up to the Grizzlies, even though he did not play in their Friday night game, and this game was on Saturday. Anyway, uh, it's water under the bridge. We had a good time. Um, however, he did play in the Grizzlies Monday night game. They were up by about 30 and he finally got put in the game. Catherine and I were yelling at the TV for their coach to put him in for the whole fourth quarter. He got, he gets put in with about three minutes left immediately has a classic junior, you know, drive to the bucket and layup. Then the next possession, he gets a monster dunk. And so that's where this tweet comes in at Jess Benson TV. She's a like a reporter for that covers the Grizzlies. She said the best way to spread holiday cheer is Kenneth Lofton Jr. dunking for all to hear. So I uh, could not agree more. Uh, we were hooping and hollering from our uh, hooting and hollering. There we go. Hooping. We were not hooping. That was what Junior was doing <laughs> um, from our couch here. Uh, and, you know, the hustle come back in January, I think. So maybe there's a chance we'll get to see him then. Um, but you know, glad junior got called back up to the NBA, but kind of a, kind of a bummer for us personally, cause we spent $70 on courtside tickets and then he wasn't there, <laughs> but it's all good. I also just want to say that the crowd when junior Lofton scores or does anything like, I mean, his, his three minutes of play, it was at the end of a blowout win for the Grizzlies, but like 
his three minutes of play, he gets in, he immediately scores a layup. He immediately dunks the next possession. He gets a, a defensive board. And then the next possession, he has this crazy, like he jumps in the air and then like kind of not an alley-oop cause it wasn't a dunk, but like an alley-oop esque assist to a guy who's, who's uh who flew in and got the uh, layup and the whole time Memphis's crowd in a late, you know, uh, half the people have gone home, but the people who stayed to see Junior Lofton were going fucking nuts. Like they love the guy. And it's just so cool to see because obviously we know why, right? Like, like we've seen that, but they've already seen even in his like limited action and playing in the G League, lighting it up in the G League, like their fans are well educated enough about him and like love his style that enough to like, you know, the arena had been dead because they were winning by so much. And then all of a sudden, like, they're just amped again. You know, yeah. it was it was just really cool to see that. Yeah. And uh, hopefully he stays in the league for a long time. And I mean, the Grizzlies right now are doing pretty well. I think they're number two in the, the West. Yeah. Yeah. Pelicans are 18 and eight. Grizzlies are 18 and nine. So um, I can't yeah. wait for junior by the end of the year in the Western Conference finals to dunk over Zion oh my God. to win the game <laughs> and head to the NBA finals. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, if you can dream it. It will happen. <laughs> yeah. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog or our Instagram, gtpdd.dog, where you could do the contest back when it was football season and probably baseball season. We'll have another one. You can also buy the shirt of the month on the website. This month's shirt of the month fight song themed shirt the nice looking bulldog on it get it while you can gtpdd.dog slash shop and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan and matt never joined us and go tech please don't die game in 1993 was against Lamar uh, who I think won this one uh, 113 to 76 uh, so yeah just some random guy named Lamar throwing it up from three how old was Lamar Odom in 1993 it may have just been him (laughs) it may have just been him yeah